In 2010, sardonic video game academic Ian Bogost was dissatisfied with where he saw social games were going, particularly with the rise of Zynga and Farmville and their recognition at the GDC Awards. So he made a game called Cow Clicker. I came up with this design um, for Cow Clicker. And, you know, you would get a cow, and you could click on the cow, uh, and then you could click on it again after six hours went by. And when you click on the cow, you get a click, which is, you know, a point. So, you know, these, these are the, the basic mechanics. And you, you could invite friends, and when you have more people in your pasture, then you get more clicks, because when you click on your cow, then it clicks the other cows that are in your pasture and, and vice versa. That was Ian Bogost describing Cow Clicker at the Game Developers Conference in 2010. By two months after he released the game, Cow Clicker had over 50,000 players. It was so popular that when Bogost retired the game in the Cowpocalypse, people spent hundreds of dollars to prolong the end of the game for an entire month. This is Ludus Novus, episode 25. Idle. Incremental. Life's a foolish game. Do you ever feel the same? Well, maybe we could change. Turn the ship another way. Feel it in the darkness. We're sailing right into those jagged cliffs. Yeah. Some say we've always been insane Hey, life's a foolish game Hello, I'm Gregory Avery Weir, and this is Ludus Novus, a podcast dedicated to the art of interaction. Ludus Novus is entirely patron-supported. If you'd like to help out, please go to patreon.com slash gregoryaveryweir. Today I'm going to be talking about incremental games, sometimes called idle games, and how they relate to the nature of games as a whole. Bogost's Cow Clickers is usually regarded as the first incremental game, or the inspiration for the incremental game type, but that could just as easily go to Progress Quest, which was released in 2002. Both of these are games which contain major elements of the incremental formula, but don't have the full package figured out yet. Progress Quest is a game which makes numbers go up over time. If you leave Progress Quest running on your machine, your character will do interesting things and gain experience points and level up, but you don't get to do anything to manipulate that effect. Meanwhile, Cow Clicker is a game where you click to get points, and there are constraints to how you can click, and you're just trying to make your numbers go higher, but it doesn't have a sense of continuous time. If you leave Cow Clicker alone, you don't get anything unless your friends are also clicking. So it took a while for these concepts to filter through the mind of game developers until two years after Rogo shut down Cow Clicker in the Cowpocalypse, a developer named Anyway released Candy Box, which is the first game that if you look at it, you'll recognize it as an incremental game. Candy Box was cool, it did some interesting things, but incremental games didn't get big until four months later, when Cookie Clicker was released by a developer named Ortiel. After Cookie Clicker, the concept of the incremental game colonized the collective consciousness of the game world. So this history provokes a question. If incremental games are ultimately spawned out of two games that were deliberate satires of bad practices, 
Progress Quest, Satirizing EverQuest, and similar games the developer found empty. And Cow Clicker, which was a, a satirization of, of the pointless play that you found in social games made by, by Zynga and, and other companies. Is this a house built on a rotten foundation? Are these, are these even games? The, the discussion of what is a game and is something a game is, isn't particularly useful. I, I have my definition of simulation with implicit or explicit rules. But to look at it another way, a game is something you play. The player defines the game. You can turn pretty much anything into a game if it is something you approach as a game. And people approach these things as games. They play to these deep impulses and desires within ourselves. We we like optimizing. Humans are, to a certain extent, optimizing machines. We want efficiency. We want to be able to do better at things. And we've learned that higher numbers mean that optimization is happening. We can look at the numbers in our bank account or the, the, the numbers on our speedometer. We understand the the increase of quantitative values as indicating optimization. And so when we are able to perform activities and see numbers going up, it appeals to our sense for, for more, for more efficiency, for more value. So that is something that we can see as fun. So as, as strange as it seems, we do, on a base level, find numbers going up to be fun. They're rewarding. They're a tie between the actions that we are taking and an increase in value. And this is what games are, are kind of about at their core. A lot of games, at least, are, are about this performing an act and gaining efficiency and optimizing our performance of an act until we can perceive value increasing, until we can see these gauges going up. If you look at any game where you earn experience points, often the thing that you're doing to get experience points is rote. It's the same thing over and over. We're seeking that that flow in performing this task. And if we don't have that that ease of of activity, then we perceive it as being clumsy or clunky. Uh, for sure, if it's too easy, we perceive it as grinding. We just see it as, as hammering on the same button over and over. But somehow... These incremental games, because they wear that on their sleeve, because they expose the fact that this is really just clicking a button repeatedly, a cookie, a cow, we accept that and we embrace it. These games are, are sometimes accused of being Skinner boxes, which is a complicated discussion. A Skinner box is, is probably properly called an operant conditioning chamber. It's a box with a lever in it. That you put an animal in for, for psychological experiments. When they press the lever, they get food, sometimes, depending on the experiment. And the Skinner box accusation seems to come from a number of different directions all at once. There's this, this facile analogy here, where, where it's because you're clicking a button and getting a reward that's similar to the action of pressing a lever and getting a food pellet, and so somehow this makes it a Skinner box, which is, you know, it's, it's silly. You can reduce any activity or game to that degree of you perform an action and you get something you want. We're motivated entirely by getting the things that we want, whether it's primary factors, you know, something gives us food or sex, or it's secondary factors, something gives us money or happiness or or the satisfaction of mastery. And so on that level, it's sure it's like a Skinner box, but I'm not sure that tells you anything interesting about it. On the other hand, often when people complain about Skinner box design in games, they're talking about a, a number of articles that, that 
came out discussing what is at its core the, the partial reinforcement extinction effect. When you have conditioning that someone undergoes, or something undergoes, some sentient being, studies have found that when you have a variable reward, people will perform the action more. So if you hook a, a lever up to a food pellet so that every time you press a lever you get a food pellet, you'll press it a lot, you'll probably gorge yourself, but you you will, in the end, press it an amount that corresponds to the amount of food that you want. But if you make it so that pressing the lever only results in a food pellet half the time, or gives you a food pellet on a schedule where you just kind of have to keep pressing and you're not sure whether or not you get food, people are far more likely to press the lever repeatedly. It's it's like a slot machine. This is exactly what drives slot machines, where because you're never sure whether or not you're going to get the reward, you do it as much as you can. You want to maximize your chances of getting that benefit. But of course, incremental games don't offer that. Incremental games very rarely include random elements. Sometimes they'll they'll have you know a random event that'll pop up to encourage you to pay attention to it. But really, incremental games depend on the fact that every time you press that lever, you are going to get that reward. And that's not the sort of Skinner box design that people complain about. That's just understanding the cause and effects of mechanics. The far more interesting Skinner box related accusation actually comes from Ian Bogost, who when criticizing social games and in the the thought process that led up to his creation of cow clicker he accused social game developers of of treating users as if they were in a skinner box but he wasn't talking about what they're doing in the game he wasn't saying in this game you have to click cows and so you're treating them like animals he was criticizing companies for doing experiments on their users as if they were being examined in a Skinner box. He was criticizing the act of trying this experiment with a game and seeing how whether users spend more money or not. The, the act of, of A-B testing one way or the other. Do I make my box blue or do I make my box red? And what effect does that have on player behavior? It's that sort of experimentation, that sort of Skinner box design that Bogos was complaining about. And that's not something that's inherent to incremental games. So incremental games do bother us. We feel often guilty or dirty or or wasteful when we spend a lot of time on these games. But it's not really because it's like an animal experiment. Part of it is that incremental games don't tend to allow for strategy or interesting choices. They're they're this this fluffy candy of a game. Candy Box was very aptly named because it's essentially saying, hey, you like optimization. Here, do this thing. Do this thing better. We'll give you opportunities to do this thing better. And in return, you'll get just pure numbers, just pure sugar water of reward. But there are some incremental games that offer more. The best example of an incremental game that actually provides some meat beyond that sugar water reward is A Dark Room, which is a game that's available for web and and for mobile that presents you with a story, a setting, that meshes very well with the fundamental play concepts of the game. A Dark Room is a game about exploiting labor, about controlling an environment, and enforcing your will upon it. And 
one thing that a dark room does that that not every incremental game does is it provides you with surprises the game opens up in strange ways so that while at its core there's still that that incremental concept the there are numbers going higher you need to balance conflicting resources and you need to you need to explore and build in a dedicated way that eventually leads to a a strange paradigm shift in the game itself it's often through these transformative games that we see the actual potential of a formula cookie clicker is a fun game but it doesn't make clear the value of the concept within it but if you look at a dark room you can see that this this very simple concept this core idea of clicking things and making numbers go higher tapping things and earning money can be used to tell a story and to provide an experience that's deeper and more affecting than just some funny jokes about cookies and grandmas and it's very rare that you see a masterful game like a dark room arise out of nowhere half-life couldn't have existed without quake which couldn't have existed without doom which couldn't have existed without wolfenstein 3d and a bunch of other proto first-person shooters gone home was this bizarre fusion of horror game and environmental exploration game which gave us the concept of walking simulator that has provided some awesome stuff so when Bogost made Cow Clicker. He thought that he was performing a work of satire. He thought that he was providing experimental data for his academic interests. But he stumbled upon the human willingness to perform very menial tasks and find it fun. And his act of satire led to games like A Dark Room, which use that human impulse to say something about our ability to exploit others. I don't think anyone was especially emotionally moved by Cow Clicker, with the possible exception of those who felt really sad when the cowpocalypse occurred and their cows were raptured away. But things that tap into those core desires and impulses can also be used to tie into our emotions. So a game that was intended to make people think and instead made people laugh and guiltily click their cows eventually led to a game that affected people in a way that I hope Bogost is proud of. And we're seeing a sort of reinvigoration of the incremental formula. Games are popping up on Steam that apply high-end production values to clicker games, to incremental games. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see even more peaks in this formula that seems so unripe for art and meaningful experience and emotional commentary. I think that again and again, games surprise us at how they're able to transform the banal into the sublime out of cynical psychological manipulation and sardonic satire you get this transcendent artistic expression and that's one of the reasons why it rubs me the wrong way when when people dismiss games as being not a real game or too casual or or for your parents rather than for real people who play real games because when you do that you miss out on a lot of the potential 
where if if something is really appealing to people, especially people that other games don't tend to appeal to, that's something valuable. That's something important. And that's something that can lead to some great things. Ludus Novus is offered under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, Share-Alike license. The music is A Foolish Game with Harmony by Snowflake, Admiral Bob, and Sackjo22, available from CC Mixter. Ludus Novus is patron-supported. To help out, visit patreon.com slash Gregory Avery Weir. Thank you. Life's a foolish game. Life's a foolish game. Well, maybe we can change and turn the ship another way. Take less than we've been given if we move in that direction. Yeah. We'll find our place in this living chain. We were quite the same. Yeah, life's a foolish, foolish game. Life's a foolish game Hey, life's a foolish game Life's a foolish game